This episode of Witch Police Radio is my conversation with Trio Antipodes. This is my second attempt at recording an interview via Skype. As you know, if you're a regular listener to the show, I prefer doing interviews in person uh, as often as humanly possible, whether that's, uh, you know, in someone's jam space, in a back alley, on the back of a truck, you know, on a rooftop, pretty much wherever someone can meet me in person is kind of where I go with a recorder to do the podcast. But this one, it kind of had to be done remotely. Trio Antipodes is a Winnipeg group made up of Keith Price on guitar, Graydon Kramer on drums, and Jeff Presloff on piano. And Keith, who is a regular on the show, if you've been listening for a while, he recently moved to New Zealand, right around the time this record was about to be released. So when I got Trio Antipodes on the phone, they were actually in Edmonton, preparing for a show, on a very, very small tour they did earlier this month, to formally release the album. At the time this is coming out now, Keith is back in New Zealand, he's teaching in a university there, and, uh, I guess as far as touring, the group is currently on hold. But the record's out, it's a fantastic record, and I caught up with the three members of the group via Skype, and uh, we had a good conversation. It definitely sounds like it's a remote conversation by a phone, but uh, the content is really good, they have a lot of interesting things to say, there's obviously a lot of work and creativity that went into this record, and uh, I don't think it's, it's hurt by the fact that one of the three members is now living halfway across the world. I think what kind of came across in the interview is that as jazz musicians and as artists who have played together in various uh, groupings over the years, uh, including Jeff and Keith in the Keith Price Double Quartet, uh, they are able to just kind of pick up where they left off and, and fit naturally together and start playing again whenever they need to. So I fully expect Keith to be back in Winnipeg uh, you know, fairly regularly, and um, that means that Trio Antipodes will probably be doing a lot more shows. It's a very fun conversation. Um, my first attempt at recording a Skype interview with three people at once. Uh, I wasn't sure how it was going to turn out. Again, it sounds like a phone call, but the content is great, and it's given me some more ideas on how to properly record these remote ones. Uh, part of my goal of Witch Police Radio is not only to release two episodes a week, but to record as many as I can, really, whenever I have a moment uh, to record an episode. If I can do it, I'm going to do it. So kind of honing this ability to record phone conversations or Skype conversations, I think is going to be very big towards getting a lot more content on the show. And that means more for you to listen to. It means more bands for you to discover, hopefully, or to rediscover if you've already been a fan. And yeah, so I'm just trying to do as much as I can. It's a one-man show, and uh, I'm making it work however I can do it. So I was really happy to talk to these guys over the phone, over Skype, whatever you want to call it, because uh, it's a really great record, and I think a lot of people in Winnipeg will love it when they hear it. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Park Theatre, Winnipeg's premier concert and event venue. If you want to find out all the great shows they have coming up, go to myparktheatre.com. You're listening to Garbage Show, Winnipeg's first podcast network. Who am I talking to? I mean, two of you have been on the show before, but this is a new group, and uh, I think the best way to start is if you want to just introduce yourselves, and we can go from there. Yeah, we're Trio Antipodes. I'm Keith Price. Jeff Presloff. And I'm Graydon Kramer. Cool. And, like, 
like I said, I mean, Keith and Jeff have been on before. Keith's been on a bunch of times. And uh, this is kind of an interesting, I guess, an interesting group in the sense that, Keith, you're not living in Canada anymore at the moment. That's right. I live in Auckland, New Zealand now. So how how is this working out then with you being in New Zealand and this group releasing a new record very recently? Well, we recorded it just before I left. And uh, we, like, sent it off for uh, pressing, like, just days before I, I moved. And okay. uh, and then we rehearsed when I got back. And, yeah. Now rehearsals just cost a couple thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you know yeah. when you were recording this that the New Zealand thing was happening? Or was it just kind of suddenly that changed everything? Uh, we knew when we were making the record that uh, that I was going to be leaving soon. Yeah. Okay. okay. And that's kind of where the name comes from. Like, we were talking about... Um, polar antipodes and then also antipodes means the southern hemisphere and Greek, and so okay. so yeah it kind of wove itself into the project a little bit so the uh the impending move to uh, down under <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and what are you actually doing down there you're teaching yeah i'm like um i'm uh, I'm, I'm a lecturer at a university there which is the same as like the north american equivalent of um like assistant professor. Oh, cool. Okay. So, I'm te- so I'm teaching like a whole bunch of uh, courses in music, some of it practical, some of it lecturing. And and uh, I'm going to be starting like a doctoral uh, program uh, uh, as well. Okay. So like I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a teacher, scholar, player now <laughs> in New Zealand. <laughs> and so this, this project, was it, when you, I mean, when you first started it, was the intention to sort of, uh, before the New Zealand thing happened, to sort of, make it a you know a regular touring thing or it just kind of everything worked out the way it did like had you had you had bigger goals for this before you moved halfway across the world oh yeah definitely definitely and we, we still have those goals and just that you know it's a little bit uh you know logistics are a, a thing yeah but uh, the project started i guess we were going to make a record with a uh, friend of ours on base in toronto but then a bunch of stuff happened and that just was falling through and it wasn't working, and we're kind of beating our heads uh, against the wall uh, with uh, with respect to logistics. And then finally, we said, "Hey, why don't we just make a record, just the three of us?" Yeah. And then right from the spark of that idea, it seemed like it was a good. Uh, we it seemed like it would be exciting, I guess. Yeah. And have you? I mean, I know uh, you know two of you obviously worked together in the double quartet, but have the three of you collaborated before? Yes. Yeah, the three of us have played a lot of music together uh, over the years in different forms and permutations and groups and um, the initial idea with the four of us with, the, with mark bass player from toronto happened because the four of us uh, teach at the same music camp in the summer okay so this this initial idea kind of grew from there but yeah the three of us have, have played lots of music together over the years okay just never in a trio form so where did i guess where did the decision to to make this trio come from then like at what point did you decide the three of you need to get together and then come up with something as a unit well, it's kind of very practical because we, we booked the Yardbird Suite here in Edmonton on the strength of making a record with the quartet. Okay. And then we didn't, we couldn't make the record with the quartet, and so we still needed a record because we wanted to play the state. Sure. So, so it was the question of maybe replacing the bass player, but uh, Keith had the idea, well, why don't we try to make a record without a bass player? And that was super intriguing. And that was that was the beginning of that idea. Okay. Yeah, and after after the first time the three of us got together, I think at Jeff's place, yeah. the first time the three of us got together to play just with guitar, uh, bass, and piano, it was 
it was pretty much settled at that point. After one session, we knew like, it was going to work really, really well, and it was a, a medium we wanted to explore further. Cool. And then when did the album actually get recorded? Like, when was it actually... Uh, how long ago did you record the album, I guess, is a better question. First week of January. Okay. We, re- we recorded in, you know, one one half-day session, yeah. <laughs> which is the norm for us, I yeah. guess. And then uh, was edited and mixed, and uh, I moved to New Zealand January 30th, so it was the record was done before that. Okay. Completed, 100%. <laughs> and how, how far in advance was this little mini-tour... Uh, figured out was that already in the works before the record even got completed oh yeah yeah like as jeff said like um booking the yardbird suite in edmonton it's one of the best gigs in canada um just they really treat you well it's a great club great audience um so that's booked usually a year and a half to two years in advance okay so uh we had been thinking about this a long time uh you know in one way or another basically yeah we had to kind of fill in the other dates and and uh venues based on key schedule though too so once we knew when he was going to be able to be back in town and how long he'd be here then we kind of filled in the other spots okay so what are the dates on the tour i mean i know that they're going to be over by the time this comes out in podcast form but where where have you been i know you're edmonton uh you brandon winnipeg are on the list right yeah yeah we played saskatoon and, and we played edmonton last night and then um monday we're playing in brandon at shea angela We've got two shows a seven o'clock and a nine o'clock that's April 1st, right? And yep. then April 2nd, we're in Winnipeg at Marty Jazz. Cool. Uh, 8 p.m. And how, how has the tour been so far? What kind of reception are you guys getting? It's great. It's been yeah. awesome. Yeah. You, you know, we're, we're doing something that's a little bit experimental, I guess you could say, and not everyone's always up for that, but this response has been really great. Yeah, really good. And, like, we, we you know, I guess we've only played a couple gigs. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we yeah. never actually performed live any of this stuff so we made the record and then uh like our first gig was the other night <laughs> and it's gone very well it really doesn't feel like that though it's strange yeah, like when not. we talk about it being our second show it i mean it feels like we've played together for years because we have yeah. played together for years yeah. but this particular project i guess is quite new but it certainly doesn't feel that way what do you think it is about each other's playing that that meshes well i mean i mean you know like you said you played together a lot of the times over the years um, I guess what do you hear in each other's sound that, that that works well with what you do, sort of individually? It's all the ears. Just like everybody listens really well. Okay. That's that's the foundation. And we're all good friends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. it yeah. does. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of um, a lot of sensibilities that are similar, and a lot of trust. Okay. There's yeah. a lot of trust built in there that. We're, we feel very free to go places and explore ideas. I think because we're, we're, we're all kind of looking for the same types of things, but with the friendship and the trust built in, it's, it's very, it feels very secure and freeing to, to play together. Okay. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, it's not really a particular sound that we have. I think it's more that we're all into the same process. Like, you know, uh, it, like we're not uh, planning our sets out uh, you know, Jeff launched into a tune we had never performed together yesterday, cool. and uh, and and so we're, we're comfortable taking musical risks uh, together. Yeah. And then the payoff is that we come up with things that we probably would have never actually thought of if we had predetermined things. So it's it's more about we're all into the same mentality of uh, of trust and musical exploration in front of an audience. Thank you. 
Was there anything in particular that that influenced the songs on this album, when you were when you were working on them, when you were recording, or just kind of mutual? Well, it was the process. It was the process of playing together. Yeah. Right. In other words, once we had the experience of playing together and seeing what we did naturally, then we kind of went our separate ways and wrote frameworks. Not really, you know, extensive compositions, but frameworks for right. more kind of interaction, and those became pieces. And, and the concept as well of not having a bass player is yeah. a large part of this, right? Because typically, if you're going to have a jazz trio, there's different permutations, but most of them would include bass. So um, the, the album's called Upside Downwards because we're missing that bottom end, but also because Keith moved to New Zealand. But right. yeah. um, <laughs> with that bottom end, that foundation missing, it really allows us to explore, um, in our performances, explore that missing space by leaving it empty or, or by changing the typical roles that our instruments would fill, but also in the compositions. I know at least for myself, when I wrote the tunes, my tunes that are on the album, I was thinking about the function of, of that. When you're missing that typical bass role, um, you have to imagine how the parts are going to come together a little bit differently. Right. But then our compositions are extreme. There's an extreme variety in our compositions. Some are very, very simple, just sketches and then others of our pieces are more through composed with more material in them so there's a real wide variety but the general concept is what jeff was saying just the way we like to explore together and then the the vehicle of a trio that doesn't have a bass component to it does the lack of a bass player does that i'm assuming it opens up the door for all three of you to sort of uh do more because you're like you said, either filling in the spot where the bass would be or leaving it empty, right? Uh, does it kind of give you opportunity to experiment more than maybe you would have if there was a bass filling that space? Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, especially me. I mean, in a jazz band, piano player almost just, it's almost as if the bottom half of the piano doesn't exist when sure. you have a bass player because you would be, in, would be in, in, in the way. Yeah. If you, if you both played in that register. So, yeah, so not having a bass player kind of doubles my instrument. Yeah, and it's really neat how um, sometimes we'll go extended periods without anyone playing in that range, and you almost forget that it was there. Right. But then when someone fills that space, it's 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 fresh and new and exciting. So there's a couple of tracks on the album where there's extended periods of time where no one's playing in that range, and then all of a sudden Jeff plays something really low down on the piano, and it just the the sound explodes, and it's a really exciting moment. Yeah. Well, I'm listening to the record. I, I might be completely wrong about this, but my impression from some of the tracks was that um, 
like you were saying before about you know using the space where there's not a bass player where it normally would be a lot of it sounds very sparse almost at times and then where there's a lot of openness and is that just because that would normally be filled by a bassist or are you doing something else there well, I, I think you're right Sam it's, it's, it's that uh, and, and often like Donnelly's the bass taking care of I mean the bass is melodic yeah. and giving harmonic information and rhythmic so there's there's a ton of stuff there that's that uh, is, is not happening and it's more that we're always inferring or, or referring to it, but it's not there. Uh, so I don't think it's something else. It just maybe that we, yeah, without that base, you know, normally we all love to have the base as an anchor doing all those things. Uh, but without it there, it just, yeah, it creates space. And it also creates a room for uh, ambiguity in a musical way. Because often I think we're defining what we hear in the upper part of the music to whatever the bass note is. Sure. So it's like I could play... A couple of notes, or Jeff could, or whatever, up uh, in the upper part of a chord, and it, it can be kind of a chameleon. Um, so that the, the, there's space for that uh, as well, I think. Yeah. yeah. And as a drummer, I mean, in most situations, the primary thing I'm doing is establishing groove or time with the bass player. So my role as a oh, yeah. drummer in this group is very, very different because that's typically not happening. I mean, there's some moments where where Jeff is playing bass lines or we have a repeating rhythm or groove happening. But yeah. I, I think of my role as a drummer in this group far more in terms of melody and color uh, than I do about, you know, establishing groove and rhythm, which is really unique and exciting and fun for me as a drummer. Is that more difficult to prepare for when you're, when you're getting ready to record this stuff and to, to rehearse this stuff? Or is it, I mean, because it seems like a different set of uh, muscle memory almost like to to do that, to add color versus, you know, strictly being groove-based? It, it could, it could be, but I think I personally have been interested in those things and try to play drums that way anyway. Okay. I mean, so much about this group is that we haven't really had to change who we are, how we play so much as, as this group gives us a chance to express, you know, the types of things that we already gravitate towards. Right. So I've always been interested in that type of playing. So this, this group just allows me the opportunity to do it more.
so for people who haven't heard the record yet, I, obviously it's a jazz record, but how, how can you, is there a way you could define it more specifically? Because as you know, there's subgenres of subgenres of subgenres, and everyone likes to categorize their stuff, whether it's in their brain or whether it's on their computer, or, you know, people like to put everything in little corners. So how do you do this? If someone says, oh, I hear you have a record together, like what category do you fit this in if there is a category that it, it would fit in? I know it sucks yeah, as a question, but, too. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, like, for a quick one-liner, like yeah. on the media sheet, I said, you know, it would fit on a mixtape with most of the ECM catalog. Okay. You guys agree with that? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, that's a tough question, because we don't really think about that. Yeah, yeah. We kind of we play how we want to play, and then we let other people <laughs> determine. I mean, I mean the music is very textural. There's a lot yeah. of shifting textures. I think it's a lot about... Um, a lot of what texture in, in, in range and in color and, and tone. Uh, it's very improv- improvisational. Yeah. Uh, but still, it's not... And sometimes it's kind of like, you know, every color in the rainbow, you know, at once. Sure. And other times it's very sublime and really um, sparse and subtle. Uh, so there's like a wide variety of stuff. And it's it's really improv-based. Okay. Uh, um, but I don't well, know. It's very intimate. It's like chamber music. It's like classical chamber music in its intimacy. Yeah, that's yeah. Was that on purpose, or is that just how things worked out when you started playing together? I think it's inevitable. I think it's inevitable. <laughs> yeah, because because of the approach. Okay. It's like every every little detail, every little detail that you that we hear amongst us, right, while we're playing, is a possible path to go somewhere else. So you have to be, you know, very very keyed into what each other is doing. Right. And I guess you have that from having played together before. You just kind of have that natural sure. knowledge. Yeah, and also the, does, yeah. The, that's kind of our aesthetic generally, right? I mean, in in, in all the music that we make with everybody else, it's it's, it's kind of a it's kind of a goal, sure. right? To to have that kind of open mind, open heart, and, and ears, so that even if you're doing something quite straight and traditional, you're you'll hear the the nuance of it and. and kind of make it into something more okay yeah every every piece most of them at least would be it's like every performance is, is an adventure or a story we think a lot about the long arc of what's happening so you'll find you'll find a lot of extremes in a lot of our pieces or performances where there'll be moments that are extremely sparse and quiet and then they'll build to really intense full and uh, almost crazy sounding moments yeah. and everything in between so there's a lot of uh, arc and story and adventure i think in a lot of our performances so what's the uh, i guess what's the plan for your future i know you have the this little tour that's wrapping up but keith you're going back to new zealand right yep so what happens now i mean the album's out there you've played shows people have heard it people are hopefully going to hear it like how do you keep up any kind of momentum with this, with you being on the other side of the planet? Well, I'm, I'm, uh, as soon as I get back, I'm going to start booking a tour down there and okay. bring these guys down there, hopefully, cool. in the next 12 months. And, uh, uh, you know, we'd like to go visit Eastern Canada. And, uh, you know, I don't know, we're just going to try to, I mean, we'll have to really plan in advance, but uh, we definitely will, will, will try to play anywhere we can. <laughs> Sure. We're very, we're very uh, hopeful that Keith's connections here will yeah. have him returning topside often. So we hope we we feel like we haven't lost him permanently and forever. He'll hopefully he's got family yeah. here and connections here. So whenever yeah. he's able to come back, 
it gives us an opportunity to make music together. Yeah, if anything, it expands our horizons because uh, you know we, we can still keep trying to do all the playing we would we have normally tried to do here in Canada and North America. But now we now the the South Pacific is opening up uh, to us yeah. as well. So sure. uh, potentially, yeah. And as jazz musicians, it's very rare, like in our art form. To only play in one group oh, yeah, like yeah. you would some other genres where you're like that's your band and you're yeah. touring that band so jazz musicians are constantly playing in multiple groups so right. this like with our friendship tied into this i think this group has the potential to be something that we would um explore like long long term but it might not not always be constant sure. you know and there, there could be a year in between or a couple of years in between but you know 20 years down the road we might be making another album yeah. and, and, and the breaks that will inevitably inevitably have maybe conducive to the way that it's so the way we're performing is so spontaneous anyways it'll be nice to put the music you know in hibernation for a few months sure and then just show up and see what happens uh so it actually might even be uh helpful uh that, that we're uh, not going to be doing it uh every well, week that's almost what happened that's kind of what happened yeah right? i mean like we we haven't played this music since january 6th right yeah and then we went and played it two nights ago. Yeah, and it was, you know, uh, yeah, it was and different it, and exciting. And it, yeah, it was, it was, yeah. If you come to if you come to one of our shows, I mean, a piece, a composition of ours will never sound even close to the same twice. So, not having recognizable. But. Yeah, there's yeah. elements that are the same, but not having played this music in so long, it was almost driving me nuts listening to the album because we had to pick tracks and listen to mixes. And so I'd heard the same <laughs> versions of these tunes so many times. Yeah, I was yeah. getting same way. so antsy to get together and play it again because we like to explore different possibilities in our composition. So, Yeah, yeah the album is really just a snapshot of those few hours. <laughs> yeah, it's just what the band sounded like that day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so if people want to hear the album, what's the best thing for them to do? I mean, obviously, you know, by the time this comes out in audio form, the, the local shows will be over. Um, where can they get a copy or a digital copy or whatever people want to do these days? Yeah, you can, you, you can, you can buy a digital copy on CD baby okay. and it's streaming on, uh, you know, Spotify, Apple music and Google play and a few other things. There aren't a lot of physical copies around, but if you just send an email to Keith at keithprice.ca, I will get you by these guys yeah. a physical copy yeah well i got mine uh, here so it's awesome thank you hey, um, yeah nice. that was the deli- uh, hand delivered <laughs> yeah 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 no that's super cool um I, so, yeah. I, I really like the record it's, it's a really good record and uh, hopefully you thank know you. um i wish i could be going to the show that you're doing here but i can't but um uh hopefully you record it because uh, <laughs> <but, laughs> yeah yeah maybe we will yeah. yeah um but no is are you guys doing anything i mean like you were saying before the uh as jazz musicians, you're often playing with multiple groups at this uh, kind of at once. Do the rest of you have shows coming up with other projects? I mean, I don't think anyone listening maybe lives yeah. in New Zealand, Keith, but uh, the other two guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff and I, Jeff and I play in the Winnipeg Jazz Collective together, which is okay. a ten-piece group. And we actually have a show in Winnipeg uh, Friday, the April fifth, okay. following uh, our Marty Jazz gig, and it's Station Eight. It's at Station 8. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So Friday, April 5th, I think it's 7.30. Cool. Not sure if that will be passed as well before this. It might be, but, but it's, yeah. it's good just in case, right? I might as well plug it. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm, I'm leading the Winnipeg Jazz Orchestra on April 28th. Okay. And um, we're going to have the, the big band plus Papa Mambo. So that's going to oh, be cool. exciting. Goodness. Yeah. That's a cool yeah. combination, yeah. Yeah. If anyone is listening in New Zealand... 
And the last week of April, I'm doing a tour of the North Island with Ron Sampson, Roger Mannins, and an organ player from New Caledonia. Cool. So uh, look out for that. Is there, have you found like a big scene down there? Is there a lot of people that you've already kind of come into contact with from the Japanese? I'm, I'm just slowly getting to know the scene, but it, it's really eclectic and it's, it's very it's very talented. It's cool. awesome. Cool, cool. Yeah. It's and, a different vibe. It's more laid back, less edgy than Winnipeg. Okay. So I'm going to have to bring the... Uh, you bring edge. the edge yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to the lead back Islanders. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's hilarious. Um, so, as far as uh, contact information and stuff, you, you mentioned Keith. You mentioned your website. Um, do the rest of you have online presences that people should check out if they want to hear your stuff? Yeah, uh, you can find me at at Graydon Kramer Music. That's the the contact for all my social media stuff. And I've got a website, JeffPressloft.com. Awesome. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, if people want to hear more episodes of this show, uh, go to witchpolice.com. All 370-whatever episodes are there for free download and streaming, including, uh, I think Keith's been on three times. Uh, Jeff was on with Keith once. And there's, like, a lot of stuff there. <laughs> so you can just dig through the archives if you want to hear it. You can also tune in to UMFM on Sundays at midnight, and those are older episodes that get kind of a second wind. So a few months after it gets recorded, UMFM will air it at midnight on a Sunday, which is, like, the ideal time to listen to radio. So, so yeah, nice. there we go. There's, there's, there's a podcast, guys. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks so much for having much. us, man. Yeah, thank really you. Really appreciate it and keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. the best.
Thank you.